Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew and this week I'm joined uh, by a special guest, my dad. Hello, thank you for having me. And um, we're going to be previewing the upcoming AFL finals and uh, just talking about uh, what we think will happen over the coming month in the AFL world. It's going to be a big one. Uh, but uh, just to start, the Hall of Fame was last night and, uh, Dad, you're a Carlton fan and Chris Judd got in. Uh, what what do you think of that? Was it deserving? Did you, was it, did you like him as a player? Well, yes, I think, uh, yeah, very much deserved. And as much for his West Coast work as uh, his Carlton work, I think. At West Coast, he was captain of the premiership team. And he won a Brownlow medal there. And, of course, he won the Brownlow medal while playing for Carlton as well. Uh, He was our captain for a number of years. He led our team with great distinction and was a great uh, game changer, I think, for the Carlton Football Club in terms of on-field and off-field. And uh, so I think very well deserved. Uh, I think exemplified by the fact that he got in on the very first year that he was eligible to. Yeah, I um I don't remember much of watching him play, but just watching the highlights package that the AFL put up this morning, it was uh, just incredible the way he would just run through a pack and just no one could stop him. Um, yeah, he um he worked very hard, and you know one of the things that made him stand out above other players was his passion for training and his passion for trying to be the best and. Yeah, he was brilliant on the field. He was a great leader. He was he was very much a come-with-me type of leader. I'll show you the way and you, you do what I do and we'll be good. Yeah, and um, while we don't know as much about them, we should also congratulate uh, Debbie Lee on being the first woman in the Hall of Fame and Rob Wiley and Nathan Burke for being inducted and Jack Odie and Merv McIntosh for becoming legends in that. Yeah, absolutely. Of all of them, Nathan Burke's the only one I can remember playing. He was a good player. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now uh, moving forward to the uh, finals, there were some, well, looking back first before forward, there were some disappointing results in round 23 for me, being a Geelong fan, Max Gorn's goal after the siren, but a lot of tight games. Port Adelaide won by two, Melbourne won by a kick after the siren, and Brisbane uh, only got into the top four by one goal. And I think the stat was nine times it switched between Brisbane being fourth and fifth. Uh, what was your favourite footy moment over the weekend, Dad? Uh, I think the tribute to Eddie Betts being a Carlton supporter. I mean, the game wasn't that good. We lost, but we do that a lot. But I think the tribute to Eddie Betts was, was a highlight. Uh, I really love the exciting football. Uh, I find round 23 fascinating when there's positions on the ladder up for grabs. And as you say, the, the way it ebbed and flowed throughout particular games, that Brisbane game, they won comfortably, but it was only in the last minute that they elevated themselves to fourth position on the ladder. Uh, the Geelong-Melbourne game, no one could see the comeback coming in the second half and to have a game decided after the sirens always exciting if not very frustrating, if you barrack for the team that loses. And and we haven't even mentioned the Richmond-Hawthorne draw where Richmond kicked five goals in the last sort of 10 or 12 minutes to, to level up that game. 
which I was excited about because it meant Hawthorne didn't get above Carlton on the ladder in the finish. Yeah, and uh, not just for Eddie Betts, but also Basher Hawley, Dave Asprey and Sean Burgoyne all in, and um, Alistair Clarkson all in that Richmond-Hawthorne game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, looking forward, this week uh, the finals are happening. Uh, so on Friday night it's going to be Geelong against Port Adelaide. That is the uh, 2v3 game. I should say Port Adelaide versus Geelong. It is a Port Adelaide home game. Uh, then Saturday afternoon, Sydney v GWS, the third Sydney derby in the span of six years in finals. That'll be in Tasmania. Uh, then Melbourne, Brisbane on that night, again in Adelaide, big top four clash, uh, 1v4. And then Bulldogs v Essendon um, will be the 5v8 game Sunday afternoon in Tasmania. So uh, let's start with Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Uh, when these two teams... Well, they met in the final last year. Uh, Port Adelaide won that game. Uh, it was, were, do you remember much about that game from last year or any moments that stood uh, out? I remember a goal that Dangerfield kicked when he ran about 100 metres. Uh, that was yeah. pretty special. And I remember it being a pretty tight game, but Port leading it pretty much most of the night, I think. Uh, that's my recollection of it. That might be wrong, but... Um, yeah, yeah. I just remember it being tight and Port, port winning. Uh, yeah. I don't really remember much more about the game, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, having a look back today through some of the Geelong Port Adelaide games the last couple of years, I think Tom Hawkins will be a big factor. When uh, two teams met in round 12 last year, he kicked six goals, I think it was. That's right, because in the final, he kicked a whole heap of points and didn't yeah. kick a goal, didn't he? And then the final, he kicked five points and. Uh, well, some Geelong fans would say that he cost us the game. I, I wouldn't. There are other issues, but some some did say that. And uh, I, th- I think if Geelong is going to win this game, Tom Hawkins is going to have to perform. And uh, if Port Adelaide are to win, they're going to have to negate him uh, to an extent or just get lucky where he missed a lot like last year. Um, but also you had um, Stephen Motlop, the extra long player, kicked a couple of good goals. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, as, as well in um, that game, uh, Mitch Duncan returning from injury. Uh, he'll be a handy player in Geelong's midfield. And, uh, and then two teams uh, both have really solid midfields. Uh, Geelong have Dangerfield, Guthrie, Selwood, Duncan, Smith, Port Adelaide, Boak, Wines, Robbie Gray, and um, Carl Amon. Uh, who, who do you reckon out of those two teams uh, will come out on top in the midfield? Well, the midfield battle is going to be a big deciding factor, isn't it? Uh, Boak and Wines are both in great form. I thought Boak was unlucky to miss all Australian squad selection. Wines is a candidate for the Brownlow, I suspect, uh, and he's in ripping form at the moment. So I think definitely Geelong are going to have to curb their influence to some degree. But I also think, you know, Geelong have got those experienced hardheads like Dangerfield and, and Selwood. So uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's always hard to say who's going to come out on top in the midfield, but uh, it's going to be a fantastic battle. I actually think the game's probably going to be won at either end of the ground rather than 
in the middle for this one. Obviously, the team that wins the middle is going to have greater opportunity in their forward line. But for Geelong, I think the X factor compared to last year is actually Jeremy Cameron, not whether Tom Hawkins plays well. Because uh, I think the two of them together can feed off each other well, whereas last year Hawkins was one out, so you shut him down and you almost effectively shut down the Geelong forward line. And the other thing with the Geelong forward line with Cameron and Hawkins there is that often frees up Gary Rowan because he'll get a lesser defender. And so he could be he could be a, an X factor. Having said that, at the other end of the ground, uh, Tom Stewart's not available for Geelong and I'm still wondering how much that might hurt them through the finals. And I think they've got to negate two in particular, which are, ben, uh, what's his name? Um, Charlie Dixon and Robbie Gray, I think, are the two key forwards that Geelong need to shut down. But there's there's various X factors around the ground, aren't there? So, you know, you've got Connor Rosie and Bersma and those sort of guys for Port that, you know, who knows, are they ready to step up and, and make a big impact in a final? Uh, for Geelong, you've got, you know, other players such as, you know, they recruited the Isaac Smiths and the Sean Higgins and, and players like that to come in for now. That's why they recruited them. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a fantastic battle. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. 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 I think these two teams have quite possibly the two, two of the two of the best crunch time players in the league. Um if you put aside Dustin Martin, of course, in Robbie Gray for Port and Isaac Smith for Geelong, they're both excellent. Um, just looking back at uh, some of the stats from when Geelong played Port earlier this year, Geelong came out by 21 points and that was at Adelaide Oval. Uh, but like he said, with the Geelong forward line, Jeremy Cameron got five goals, Hawkins four and Rowan three. So if they can get firing like that, um, but at the same time, Connor Rosie got uh, four first quarter goals and Tom Stewart was important in shutting him down. So without Stewart there, that should open up Port Adelaide's forward line a lot more, like he said. Um, so um, I think that's uh, all there is to say uh, about that game. Uh, do, do you want to do like a prediction for who you think is going to win? Oh, it's hard. My heart is desperately hoping Geelong can win. I'm just wondering, Port on their home deck, coming off six wins. I know they haven't played many top eight sides, but I've just got a hunch that Port might win it. But my heart is desperately hoping Geelong do. Well, if your heart's desperately hoping for Geelong, then who knows what my heart's doing. But I'm very biased in this matter. Uh, I think that since Geelong have beaten them at Adelaide Oval, uh, I think twice in the last two years, but we've also lost there at Adelaide Oval. Um, so where we know how to overcome Port at their home ground, but we can't. We haven't done it in a final yet under those amounts of pressure. And um, I think um, if. If Mitch Duncan comes back into the team and is in sublime form and Hawkins and Cameron can override the Port defence, then Geelong will just have the edge over Port. But if Port can uh, expose uh, Geelong's habit of sometimes getting into some slow-kicking footy and then uh, use that to exploit the defence without Stewart, then they're going to win. So it's definitely going to come down to the coach's box, I think. But overall... I, I can't tip against Geelong um, yeah. for my tip. Can't let, can't let Port get a fast start. 
That would be yes. disastrous for Geelong. Yes. Um, moving on to the next game, we have Sydney against GWS, the third Sydney derby in uh, six years of finals. And the second elimination final where it's been like that. Uh, Dad, uh, what, what are your first thoughts uh, regarding this game? Uh, this game really intrigues me. And uh, remembering that the last two times I have played in finals, GWS have won them both. So I imagine Sydney will want to restore that record somehow. But I think what intrigues me about this is there's several hardheads in both teams and several really young players in both teams. So Sydney, of course, have got the experience of a Lance Franklin, a Josh Kennedy, a Luke Parker, uh, those sort of guys. But they've also got the young fellas like Errol Goulden and... Um, uh, McInerney. McInerney and, and, and guys like that. Uh, and so... And GWS, likewise, they've got... You know, it's Tim Taranto and Hopper and those guys that are really driving them. But then you get a guy like Callum Ward was best on ground last week. Uh, so again, um, so I, I'm just intrigued to see how both teams respond to the finals pressure. I know, I know Sydney finishing sixth finished some way above GWS on the ladder, but I think recent form probably has GWS slightly in front. And do you know if Phil Davis is playing? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I can check now. Um, that'll go a long way to helping stop Buddy, even if Sam well, yeah. is playing. That's a good record on, on Franklin that if he's playing, then I think I'd have GWS as a clear favourite. Uh, yeah, both teams are playing pretty exciting football this year, so I'm expecting uh, this to be a great game to watch aesthetically. And I think... Yeah, I think Sydney will be really keen to, you know, if they drop a third final in a row to GWS, I think that'll annoy them a lot. I think Sydney have had the better overall form across the season. So it's just a matter of, you know, have those young players in their team got the capacity to go up a level. I think GWS will have more finals experience or more recent finals experience. They'll know more what to expect. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, just on the AFL website, Phil Davis didn't play last week, but he's also not on the injury list. Okay. Uh, for GWS. Uh, yeah, so I don't know so. if he'll play. In terms of key players, I actually think, you know, Lance Franklin is getting close to his thousand goal. So I think he only needs another eight to get his thousand. The word thousandth is so hard to say, but he needs eight more to get to a thousand goals. Oh, I think the wild card for the Swans is Isaac Heaney. I think he's a barometer for them. If he plays really well, kicks a few goals, that'll hold Sydney up in really good stead. I think for GWS, it's probably a Taranto is more likely to be the, the key figure and whether their forwards kick accurately. So I think there's, there's been a couple of times when their forwards have had opportunity and, and missed and that's really hurt them. Yeah, uh, just for my opinion on this game, I think the two key matchups are definitely have to be Lance Franklin against Sam Taylor for one. Sam Taylor's coming off great form in the last three rounds. Uh, really good job stopping Tom Hawkins in round 21. 
uh, did a good job on uh, Richmond's forwards in the first half, round 22. And uh, by the second half, they, they had such a big lead. Um, and then in uh, round 23, uh, he was influential again. So if he can try to stop the buddy train, uh, that'll go a long way to helping GWS uh, win the game. Uh, as well as the ruck battle for this game, I think could be really interesting because th- these two teams probably have the two most fascinating ruckmen in the competition. GWS have Shane Mumford, who uh, I think he retired four years ago and came back. And um, he's he's just really big. And held. I think he scored a goal earlier this year. I think he was nominated for goal of the year, where he just bowled past a few players and slotted one away. Um, and Sydney have Tom Hickey, who's just the ultimate journeyman ruck, um, who's played at Gold Coast, St Kilda and West Coast, and then found some form this year. Um his best game has probably been when he just dominated Reece Stanley when Sydney beat Geelong earlier this year. That's been um, – if, if he can uh, rekindle a performance like that, that will help Sydney a lot. Um, and with Mummy, he's just such a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get from him. And uh, he could, you know, crash through a pack and, you know, get a you – know, dominate physically or he could just you know disappear for stretches of the game it's just about how he um how well he utilizes his strengths but uh when these two teams met this year um it was two really really good games uh the first one uh gws i think they only had one or two wins on the board and sydney only had one loss and um Sydney hit a 21-point lead early in the last quarter and GWS stormed home, kicking uh, four of the last five goals and a lot of behinds um, to beat Sydney by two points. And when they met in round uh, 18, uh, it was the Swans who dominated. Um, But after GWS got out to a fairly big lead, so these two teams, there's... There's definitely a strong rivalry, even though they're from uh, rugby league territory. Uh, what, what do you think of those games, Dad? Yeah, I remember the, the well. I remember them both. Uh, I think Josh Kelly kicked a goal very late for GWS, and yeah, that second game, I think because GWS were like 30, 35 points in front, sort of late first quarter, early second quarter, and then stopped, which yeah. is quite amazing. So, yeah, I think they have a good rivalry. They like to beat each other. So I think this is going to be a a fantastic game to watch. Uh, Just a a comment about Mummy. I've read in the last 24 hours that he's not expecting to play next year. Mm -hmm. So this could be a swan song for him to really uh, give it everything he's got and and go out. So, uh, yeah, I I expect it will be a terrific game. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yep. So, um, yep. Uh, so, what do you think? Uh, well, now it's time for predictions. Um, who, who do you think is going to win this game? I'm going to say GWS, but my heart is biased in that direction. I think they're pretty even, so I'm just going to go with my heart for this one. 
Yeah, uh, I think Sydney, uh, they're a clear top six team, but they're clearly the sixth team. And I think um, whoever does win this game will go deep into finals. I think there's a fair chance they can beat the loser of Geelong and Port next week. Um, even if that game's in Cadinia Park or the Adelaide Oval, I still uh, think that both of these teams have potential to their best can beat the best. Uh, but I think Sydney's just been more consistent this year. So I think they're the safe bet to go with um, yeah. for this I actually game. think the opposite. <laughs> I actually, th- I was looking at it and going, yeah, whoever wins out of Sydney and GWS, I don't really expect them to win the following week. <laughs> so there you go. That's the beauty of football, isn't it? And uh, opinions. Yeah. So uh, moving on now, we have uh, Melbourne versus Brisbane. Uh, two teams coming off of, well, good performances last week. 44-point comeback for Melbourne with a goal after the siren. And Brisbane, uh, they beat West Coast to sneak into the top four. Uh, but you were at the game when these two played earlier this year, Dad. Uh, so what were your takeaways from that? Well, that was a really strange game because Melbourne had only lost one game, I think, prior to that. Or maybe they were undefeated. I can't even remember. And Brisbane dominated the first half. And I remember guys like Mitch Robinson being really key in that. I remember Zach Bailey kicking lots of goals. I remember they had about a 20-point lead at half time thereabouts, but really should have been 35, 40 points in front given the balance of play. And, and then the second half was the complete opposite. Melbourne just smashed them. And guys, I can't remember exactly who it was. My, my gut feel is maybe Petrarca had a big game that night. Uh, obviously, Max Gorn is a, a key figure for them. I remember Angus Brayshaw playing really well on the wing that night. He wasn't he wasn't sort of in the heart of the midfield as much. He was running up and down the wing, doing a great job. And Kasaya Pickett lit the stadium up with a, a few classy pieces of play at various times as well. So yeah, I just it was literally a game of two halves. Uh, Brisbane dominated the first half, Melbourne dominated the second half. Yeah. And uh, I, I think these two teams are, are pretty similar in terms of some of the key points. So they each have like a, a showy superstar forward who you, you never know what they're going to do in Cozzy Pickett and Charlie Cameron. Um, they both don't have the best tour forwards. Um, Melbourne's been, that's probably been their one area of weakness the whole year. And uh, Brisbane, while Hipwood is quite good, uh, he's he's no Tom Hawkins or Charlie Dixon or Aaron Norton uh, like the other teams have. And they, they both have uh, some strong midfielders. Uh, Lockie Neal, the Brownlow medalist this year, and... Clayton, uh, sorry, last year, and Clayton Oliver could be the Brownlow medalist this year, as well as Petrarca and Brayshaw um, surrounding them. And uh, with Max Gorn in the ruck, um, Melbourne, uh, they, they've just been so good this year, um, especially coming from that midfield. Um, but uh, um, they also both have some uh, rising star nominees, uh, Brisbane have Zach Bailey, who uh, he's got to be one of the youngest players to kick a goal after the siren, and uh, he's entertaining to watch. And then Melbourne have Luke Jackson, a uh, good ruck forward to assist Max Gorn. 
Um, so weighing all that up, who, who do you think will win this game? Look, I'm favouring Melbourne at the moment because I think they've got uh, just a better balance across the season and across the park. So they've got some superstars in fabulous form, like you mentioned, like Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, Max Gorn are all in ripping form. I think their back line's been very efficient this year. The, the, you know, Lever and May have done a great job in repelling attack after attack and intercept marking and all those sorts of things. I think their midfield probably bats fractionally deeper than Brisbane's does. And so, but on the other hand, you've got uh, you know, Joe Danaher. Who knows what he'll do in a final, you know? He could kick yeah. eight goals or he could kick one goal four or something. You know, you just don't yeah. know. Uh, and I think the, the midfield, again, is going to be key. So you're looking at Lockie Neal and Dane Zorko, a uh, bit of Mitch Robinson grunt going through there. But I think Melbourne just bat deeper with their midfield at the moment. And and so I think Melbourne will get the ball going forward more. I think I think they're more consistent. They finished on top of the ladder for a reason. And whilst Brisbane Brisbane's best, I think, can beat Melbourne, I think it's much more likely that Melbourne will win on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm in a similar boat to you with this one. Brisbane's best is as good as anyone's best, but Melbourne, I, I think they're just too strong and too consistent um, for Brisbane. Uh, so I also think they'll win that. And uh, moving on to the last game, the Sunday afternoon final. It's been a while since we've seen one of those, six years, uh, but it's going to be fun to see that again. Uh, the Bulldogs versus Essendon. Now, this game's going to be really interesting because uh, Essendon uh, got off to a bit of a slow start this year, um, but uh, people like Darcy Parrish moving into the midfield and Merritt's being in good form, they've really propelled them into the top eight um, just to sneak in. And the Bulldogs, top one or two, I think, every round since round three, and then just the last three rounds, they've just been a different team. So last week they lost uh, to Port Adelaide by two points in a ripping game, um, but they just weren't good enough in the final quarter. And then the week before they lost to Hawthorne in the Clarko farewell parade where he just won a bunch of games for Hawthorne. And then the week before that they lost to Essendon, the team they need to beat this year. No, sorry, this week. Um, so what, what do you think of that game? Yeah, um, yeah. well, I look forward to all the finals. I think the intriguing thing about this final is if you take the results across the year, you'd think Bulldogs easily. But as you said, they've lost their last three and Essendon are hitting the finals in good form. Uh, my favourite stat through the week, now Essendon haven't won a final since 2004. Prior to that, for the last, you know, Kevin Sheedy coached the team for 27 years. And so my favourite stat is Essendon have not won a final without Kevin Sheedy since before the moon landing. I think it was 1967. That's a long time ago. That's before you or uh, I were born. I think, I, you know, the Essendon young players, you know, can they step up in finals pressure? You know, the Bulldogs have played in finals a bit recently. Another interesting stat that I saw is the Bulldogs haven't won a final in any year other than their premiership year. 
They've lost every final they've played with Luke Beveridge as coach. And, you know, that's intriguing, I think. Uh, so can the can the young Essendon players step up into the finals pressure? I think the Bulldogs will bounce. I think key to that is Marcus Bontempelli. I think he's gone quiet the last couple of weeks and particularly last weekend. Uh, if he has a quiet game, then I think Essendon are a huge show. And guys like Darcy Parrish are playing out of this world this year. And, you know, they could, they could really do some damage. Uh, I think just I'm more confident tipping the Bulldogs because I think I know what we'll get from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, really interesting game just because of form. I think uh, this is one of those games where the pre-finals by definitely would have suited uh, the Western Bulldogs just so they could regroup and like they did in 2016. Uh, mm. weren't in the best form, got some players back from injury and boom, won four finals in a row. And um, uh, I think Bontempelli and Parrish, definitely the two most important players on the ground on Sunday, they will be. Um, so Parrish, uh, really good form. Can he do it in a final? Um, it's, it's just hard to know because we don't have much of a... a knowledge of what he's going to be like in this situation. And then Bontempelli. Um, in in the first quarter last week when uh, Port, uh, sorry, the Bulldogs raced away against Port and kicked the opening four goals, he was massive. And then he just disappeared after that, like you said. And so it really important for him to come. But I think the Western Bulldogs will win just because they're a better team um, over the course of the year and players like Bontempelli and um, even the forwards, Aaron Norton, um, could be important. But uh, coming from Essendon, someone like McDonald, Tip and Woody, uh, if he can uh, show his magic on a final stage, that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, and don't forget Jake Stringer because he's yeah. been one of the form players of the comp for the last eight weeks. I think... Some sort of data that I saw on on the couch is, I think, argued that Stringer might have been the the MVP of the last eight weeks or something. So he'll be a he'll be a key factor for this game as well. And don't forget the Bulldogs are a bit like Geelong. You know, they've recruited for the now, so they've got Trelaw into the side and, and guys like that to you know for this moment. So yeah, I'm going to tip the Bulldogs, not with a huge degree of certainty. Uh, partly because I think they deserve to progress more than yeah. Essendon do yeah. on, on the balance of the year. But it wouldn't surprise me if Essendon won this one. Yeah. So um, m- moving forward after that to the rest of the finals now, um, it, it's going to be a real interesting and a really close finals. I think any of the top six t- sides, I can see them winning the premiership. Uh, especially those top four. But I also see GWS or Essendon going deep. So uh, I've done a finals predictor. So I'll just walk you through that. Uh, So I had Melbourne, the Dogs and uh, Sydney and Geelong winning in our week one semifinals. I think Brisbane versus the Bulldogs will be a really interesting matchup because these are the two sides where whoever wins that game can definitively say, 
we deserved that top four because it was so close between them. And the Bulldogs, I, I, I just feel like they should be in the top four after the first 20 rounds they had. Um, but I think Brisbane just beat them on form. Um, and then Port Adelaide, Sydney, another interesting game. Port Adelaide have only won one game against the top uh, five sides this year. Um, although they did beat Sydney earlier in the year, but I think I have Sydney down for an upset. Uh, then in the preliminary finals, Melbourne against Sydney is just going to be Melbourne and uh, Geelong against Brisbane, a rematch from the prelim finals last year. That'll be close, but once again, I have to tip Geelong. Um, and then a Melbourne-Geelong grand final. If, if you said this a week ago, I would have said Geelong, but after the weekend, I just have to tip Melbourne in that. Um, so a Melbourne premiership uh is what I've gone for. Um, but is there anything from there that uh, you thought was interesting or that you disagree with, Dad? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think Sydney would beat Port Adelaide in week two. Yep. I think Port will bounce uh, if that's the scenario that presents itself. But, I, you know, I've tipped Port Adelaide, GWS, Melbourne, Bulldogs. So what does that leave for round two? Um, I would leave... That leaves, uh, well, it's a completely different game in the Port Sydney game because now it's Geelong GWS. Yeah, um, I tipped I tip Geelong in that. Yeah, and uh, Brisbane over the Bulldogs. I tip Brisbane over yeah. the Bulldogs. Just on form. Which, so then you, yeah, then you have Melbourne Geelong and Port v Brisbane. Yeah, I think, uh, I think probably Brisbane out of those two. And I think the winner of the grand final would be whoever wins Melbourne and Geelong, and I can't predict that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so there, there's our uh, big ultimate AFL finals preview. Uh, we'll we'll do some more stuff later on in the finals around grand final week, um, prelim and Brownlow, as that all gets important. Um, but uh, thank you, Dad, for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for listening to Matthew Talks About Sport. Uh, You would have heard at the start of this, and you will soon hear, uh, some music playing. That's the theme song I've written for this podcast, and it will be on all the episodes from here. I hope you enjoyed it.